Okay, get your headphones on? Yeah. Okay. What do you want to talk about on the podcast? Peaches. Peaches? Yeah. You always like to talk oh. about peaches. Oh, your headphones fell off. I'm going to record all the things before I watch Mickey Mouse. What do you want to record? Um, no, I'm, I'm going to come back in a little bit. Okay. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, November 29th. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful that the cycle of Ellie's moods has brought her back to you. It has. I feel feel like you were a little insecure for a couple of weeks. I was. Because Ellie was 100% daddy's girl. Yeah. To the point where Callie would walk into the room and <laughs> Ellie would just look up and go, no. <laughs> but not, I mean, this is sad, but this this kid has not cried at school drop-off since week number two of school. When she was like 18 months old. A year and a half yeah. ago, right? And the past two days, she got tears in her eyes when she was getting out of the car. She full-on cried She's one like, of the Mommy. days, right? Gosh. Well, she said it's because she wanted to spend the day she with you. She did. She said, I was um, I was like, were you sad to go to school? And she goes, no, I was sad at you. And I was like, why were you sad at me? And she said, because you had to go to work. Oh. And I was like, so you wanted to hang out with me? And she was like, yeah. So I was like, I really like hanging out with you too, Ellie. I wish that I didn't have to work and I could hang out with you all day. And then when, when uh, last night when we got home and after dinner, Callie was at the office late and then had to run some errands, she... Um, Ellie just looked up and said, Mommy, will you come into the other room and play with me? Which, if you're a parent, you know that those those words could melt the tit- the, the, the iceberg that sunk yeah. the Titanic. Yeah. Um, and it's rare that she wants to play with me. She yeah. wants to, she loves to play with Jeff. Yeah. Um, so that did. That made me feel so good. It warmed my little heart. My name is Callie, and I am grateful for... Nordstrom Rack. We have a Nordstrom Rack walking distance from our office. And I used to not like to go in there because it was just crowded, like literally all the time. The lines were out of control. They only had like one person to check out. It was just like a whole thing, right? And um, now- they, they, they changed. They were one of the first stores to change to the no checkout thing, where you would just wander up to an associate with your handful of clothes. Of stuff. And they'd be like, and yeah, so, I have a checkout thing. Yeah. And they would say, you'd say, I want these. And they would go, okay. And then out, they would pull a mousketool out of their belt and beep, yeah. beep, 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 and a bag out of their ear. And I don't think went. they do that anymore, though. Good. Like they have the, the it was people so to annoying. register. But I can't go on the weekends because it's just, there's too many people. There's too much going on. It's just, I just, it stresses me out. It's like, you know, walking into it's how like, I wa- feel. It's like walking into Marshalls. That's how I feel about Marshalls is I walk in and it's like chaos and it just, I can't have a shopping experience there. Yeah. Um. So I went there because I realized like my, none of my clothes fit, Um. <laughs> which is fine. I'm totally fine living in sweatpants for the next two months. However, I looked at our calendar and realized that we have important business meetings at least twice a week from now until the end of the year. So I got to get it together. And today I wore um, a long, like yesterday, I wore a long tank top and my sweater over it. So you couldn't really tell that it was hitting my belly button, but it was a little small. So I went to Nordstrom Rack right after work and bought like five sweaters that I can just live in for business meetings 
to get me through the next like four weeks. <laughs> yeah, this this pregnancy, you have been more stressed about clothes, I think, than last. And it's either because we are on more of a budget now, mm-hmm. or I mean, you struggle. You needed some long sleeve t shirts. And well, my logic is you needed some long sleeve t shirts or long sleeve. Shirts. Just like basic layering pieces, yeah. Yeah, and you're only going to be wearing these for six months or less. Go to Old Navy. Go to Target. Right. Go to Walmart. Right. Go to wherever where you can get six of them for 50 bucks. Yeah. And be done with it. And you stressed out over it for two weeks? I really did. Why? And one is the money thing, and two is I had... When I was pregnant last time, I was a bit smaller, like probably four sizes smaller than I am this pregnancy. And I had someone that gave me a ton of maternity clothes, like super cute, like just all the things that I needed. So I barely bought maternity stuff last time. This time around, none of that fits Uh, (laughs) just because I gained weight after, you know, my pregnancy with Ellie and then they just don't fit this pregnancy. So I have all these maternity clothes that are like, you know, size 26, size 27. And that is definitely like not my size anymore. So that's why I've been a little more stressed about it. Got it. So I don't have the clothes and I also don't have the money that I want to spend on it. Um, I would rather live in sweatpants for the next. <laughs> well, we shouldn't two be, in my opinion. And also, I was pregnant during a pandemic. So we literally saw no one and all I needed clothes for was work. So all I needed was like fitting jeans. And nobody was really dressing up for work unless they were on camera. Literally. It was yeah. There were nine of you there in the entire building. Yes. Counting your three security guards. Right. So it was just it was a different time. It was a different time. Okay, I struck a nerve. Not struck a nerve in a bad way. What do you call struck a nerve when it's in a good way? I think it's I don't, struck I think, a chord. I guess. I don't know. I don't think struck a nerve is bad. I posted on Instagram about the biggest fight that you and I have ever gotten into in our relationship. And it was last year. And saying it out loud, it's about something that sounds relatively stupid. Like when you think of all the things that couples argue about, you know, like a big fight to me would be if somebody cheated or if somebody spent money that somebody else didn't know about. Like those to me. Gambling losses. Gambling losses. Uh, Sorry, our 401k is gone because I bet on whoever. Right. I um, know couples that have had arguments over a secret child. Those to me are big relationship fights. And we had the most intense fight of our life. I put the, uh, put this on Instagram. And I cannot tell you how many people responded to me and said, oh my God, this is my spouse and I's number one biggest fight we've ever had. I don't know why it goes so deep with people, but it is deep. And the topic that we got in such a big fight over were Christmas decorations. Now, I, a couple things. One, I do remember being mad at the Christmas decorations last year. I don't remember it being a fight. I just remember being mad about it. It was like a two-day-long fight. And when I asked you about it, when you wrote it on the schedule, you said, yeah, we fought about it for, for half a week. We did. I don't even remember that. It's funny because you, <laughs> Jeff has a selective memory. He also didn't remember how postpartum like really jacked me up. And I had listeners that are listening to the show um, saying, oh, yeah, I remember. 
how you how you were and how you whatever and you were just like yeah I thought it was just like normal and fine but I was like in a bad way yeah uh, so you tend to block out things but I remember after we resolved the fight just thinking that has got to be the biggest fight we've ever had the and- reason is because Callie lives a monochromatic existence she doesn't like color or brightness or joy. I prefer, I do like joy, but I prefer a calm, soothing, like not to Kim Kardashian level. Like have you ever seen the things of her house? There's like no furniture in her house. There's like no storage. Like she has nothing in her house. That's not me. But I do like to feel calm and serene when I come home and bright colors don't make me feel calm and serene at all. Okay. So for years, I've done our tree. Like when we were... Newly engaged, Jeff is like, go spend money on Christmas decorations because I don't really have anything cohesive. I just have like, you know, stuff I've gotten at Pier 1. Uh, that's, uh, I, I think that's actually, I don't even, I think I had the decorations that my parents gave me. Yeah. Because everything else went away in the divorce. Oh. So I had, and maybe a box of, like I think you went to Pier One one year and Pier got like one or five Target yeah. or whatever after Christmas and just got just basic red and silver balls or something. Yeah, um, that makes sense as to why you yeah. didn't have more. I had nothing. <laughs> Jeff did not get the Christmas decorations in his divorce, so he's like, go out and you know decorate whatever kind of tree you want, and just like you know that would be awesome for my house. So I did, and I went to Pottery Barn and I got all these like super awesome ornaments and it was so beautiful. And that's what we've been doing for the past seven years since we've been married, maybe like eight years. Last year, we Christmas came and went. And then the day, it was either Christmas night or the day after Christmas night, day, Jeff was like, I got to tell you, I'm really, really struggling with Christmas this year, like after the fact. And he felt like I was robbing our child of Christmas joy by having such a monochromatic look. And I think I is that did I, was that the first time it came up? Because I can't imagine I would be you so cruel. Sh- I would be so cruel, but maybe I am because I I could be mean. But I don't. I can't imagine that I would have gone the whole Christmas season without suggesting to you. Hey, why don't we put some colored lights up? Why don't we get some colorful decorations? I what think if- you made jokes about it, but I didn't know. I thought you were just teasing me because you tease all my gray stuff of like, oh, are you going to pick out a gray couch? Of course you are. Like, it's been a joke. So I kind of thought uh, you were joking. That's that's on brand, passive aggressive. <laughs> that's on brand for me. <laughs> and then it just all came out. And you're like, I feel like we're robbing her of joy. I feel like, you know, there's no color in this house. There's all, but it was a really, in-depth three-day fight that started with we don't have enough Christmas color in our house. And when I put that on Instagram, I cannot tell you how many messages I got of people saying, oh my gosh, my husband and I have had that fight. He comes from a colored lights family. I'm in my adult life where I don't want colored lights anymore. Like I want white and pretty and whatever. And we have gotten into the worst fights of our relationship over that. Now this year... I do remember being really, really frustrated. I don't remember the specific fight, but I do remember being so frustrated at you not understanding 
why the color is more joyful. And it's fine to be relaxing and peaceful. I agree with the relaxing and peaceful thing, but this is Christmas. And we and it's and everybody said the holidays. Every so many before one of the things that came true that people say before you have a kid is things looked different when you have a kid. Mm -hmm. You watch the news differently. Right. That's true. You consume media differently. That's mm -hmm. true. And every holiday and special occasion is different. Mm-hmm. And that's a thousand percent true. And I remember being so frustrated at you saying, I don't understand why we need to have and I said I I do remember saying I wanted to look like Whoville. Mm-hmm. And you could not, I remember being so frustrated because you could not understand. Yeah. And you were also comparing it to my parents, which they have, you know, 60 years worth that, of Christmas stuff like around their house. But the compromise was, and I will give this advice to anyone who's having that argument okay, with their well, spouse. Okay, well, I think you just really aged your parents because they don't have 60 years. They've been- Well, they have their parents' 40. stuff also because oh, okay, their yeah, parents passed it. away. So my mom has a bunch of my grandparents' stuff. Um, but if it were up to you, that, that you've used that argument before, and I don't, that has nothing to do with it because if it were up to you 60 years from now, we'd still have a black and white Christmas. That's true. That is true. Valid point. But- I, the one thing I did that I think was, I will give this advice to anyone having this argument. I was just talking to my girlfriend about this. She's recently engaged. Her entire life is grayish. And her fiance comes from a colored lights, Christmas, let's do a big, joyful Christmas. And she's like, we're having that argument right now. I was like, here's the best advice I can give you. Introduce the color that he is excited about, but do it in your own way. So I went out after Christmas to all the Christmas sales and got colorful decorations that I like. Pale pinks, red. It scratched your itch because it would be di different if you if I just had just said stubbornly, fine, go out and buy whatever you want. And that would have been something that I would have been like less comfortable and excited about, but I went out and I bought stuff that you like, that's my taste, so we're moving in the right direction, and I just wanted to like give and, that advice. And we're going to buy some more stuff, right? Probably after Christmas. Yeah. When, it goes, sales. when yeah. it goes on sale. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Because it's not lost on me that I got one shelf this year and a couple of Santa Clauses. And Christmas tree. And the Christmas tree garland. You did get the gar... And oh, I, the funniest <laughs> thing is... Callie got this red and white rope garland. Is that garland? Palm yeah. garland. Like Whatever. Palm garland. And it goes around the tree. And uh, it's really, it's very Christmassy and very festive. And when I, I was so happy with it. And when I was putting it on, I said, see, doesn't it look good? And Callie's response was affirmative. Yes, it looks good. But the expression on her face and the tone of voice was the same as if your best friend, nope, if your mother-in-law asked you if something was delicious and mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was terribly salty. But you've got to you've got to say, no, this is the best meatloaf I've ever had. I am rallying for you because I love you so and much. And Ellie. And Ellie. Um, okay, so Merriam-Webster announced the 2023 Word of the Year. So they decide this basically on what people are searching for online in a year. And the I thought, word, this was, I thought there was a whole committee. 
There's a committee that adds words to the dictionary. This is just saying what Understood. the number one word of the year to like, you know. And the number one word actually surprised me a little bit. And then and then I started thinking more about it. The number one word that was like search that people were into for 2023 is authentic. And I was like, why? Hmm. Well, I was wondering that myself. But then people are searching more about AI, which makes sense. Celebrity culture, social media, people wanting to, they're looking for things that are authentic now that we're able to make so many things inauthentic. So it's, is this video authentic? Is this product real? Is this rumor true? Those types of searches? Yeah. Um, and well, then- That's horrifying. Well, it is, but think of it this way, like- you know, we're able to create so many things that are inauthentic or fun. I mean, I was reading an article the other day about how OnlyFans, there's creators that have made AI-generated human beings that are making tens of thousands of dollars a month on OnlyFans. And they're not real. They're people sitting behind a computer who have made a fake personality and a fake look, like and they're a, not real. Like a fake human? Yes, but so do the people who are subscribing to it know that it's yes. fake? Yes. So they know it's fake. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we selling podcasts for? I know, right? We should just make a fake. How do we do that? Hot girl and get on OnlyFans. Um, here are other things that, that that stood out like in searches this year. Deep fake, which is exactly what you said like people like is this footage real Mosh recently when he was talking about um, the war going on with Hamas has said so many times hey this isn't from this year or this is fake like it's crazy what people well I think deep fake and fake news are two different things I think deep fake is when a computer a computer can make I don't know why George Clooney keeps coming to mind. I don't know if he was a victim of this or whatever, but can take George Clooney and make it look like he's saying something. You're I, right. That, it that, says it says an image or recording that has been convincingly altered and manipulated to misrepresent someone um, saying something or doing something that was actually not done. And then the fake news thing is um, using the example you just said with Hamas and Israel is both people who were trying to advocate for one side or the mm-hmm. other were finding images from other conflicts, not even in that part of the world. Like 10 years ago. And then, you know, saying, hey, this is, look at, look at this atrocity that's happening right. right now. But when you look at the site, you're like, wait a minute, that sign's in French. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, another one was Riz, Riz. <laughs> which I think I heard maybe on the Carpool podcast, um, romantic appeal or charm. And then other most search words were kibitz, coronation, dystopian, EGOT, which is really weird because I Googled EGOT. Emmy, Emmy, Grammy, Grammy. Oscar, Tony. Yeah. Implode, doppelganger, and covenant. Well, you know why why implode was a big deal? No. Those Titanic people who were... Yeah, that was a nutty story. That seems like forever ago. Yep. Uh, all right, along the same lines, um, the top slang of 2023. How old does this list make you feel? Well, have you looked at it? Yes. Did you read it? I read it because I sent it to Carpool. Oh, so did I. That's so funny. 
<laughs> That's really funny. I said it's carpool because they do a millennial word of the day to keep us millennials hip with what the kids are saying these days. Um, and they've hit a bunch of them on that list. Oh, okay. So I was going to ask you if you knew what these were. Most of them I still don't. Oh, okay. Uh, well, for, to help you with your kids, um, the top slang terms of 2023, not your kids, just the kids. The kids these days. Um, sus is short for suspicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, bet. That means I agree. So if like somebody's BT? yeah, so if somebody says, uh, "Man, it's really it's gonna be really cold this weekend," we like, bet somebody is in the car a, with that, their teenager right now, going, "Oh my gosh, this guy's so embarrassing." That's not. <laughs> by the way, that's not the way you use the bet. Would be, "Hey, the new girl at school, is super hot." Bet. bet. Like you bet. Yeah, that I I guarantee you. <laughs> you know what? If you're in the car. <laughs> with a 16-year-old dude or girl. And I would like, because I guarantee you that nobody, that no 16-year-old on the planet is saying, the new girl at school is really hot. And then the other kid's going, bat. Yeah. That's not the way it's right. happening. It's probably, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeet. Um, well, it says to violently throw an object you deem to be worthless. But... I think it's I don't just think that's how they're using it. No, I think it's like yeah, uh, salty when you're upset. Cap another word for lying. Uh, extra is over the top. Bussin, that's what you would say if something was Carpool really good. Did that one. Uh, hey, this cheeseburger is bussin. <laughs> you sound like such a dork. Bougie used to describe somebody who's high class. Sheesh. Sheesh. I think you're supposed to say sheesh. sheesh. Which is when you're impressed, like, hey, like if you're in a group of three people, you say, hey, the new girl in our school is really hot. And then the one person goes, bet. And the other one goes, sheesh. (laughs) And then somebody else would say, yeah, her butt is bussin'. You know who's going to call and correct us on all of this is Chrissy because she has two teenage sons. And then drip is when something is very cool, especially clothing. Yeah. So then another person in the group would go, yeah, I like her drip. Mm-hmm. She's got style. Good, she's got mm-hmm. good style. And then, <laughs> and then a teacher walking by would hear these kids talking, objectifying a female, and they would say, oof, which is used to express sadness. And then the other guy would say, I'm, I'm, I'm finna go ask her out. Which means I'm fixing too, because she's got her booty is bussin'. Yeah, I feel like we 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 Yeet. knew that. Sheesh, no. Sheesh. I had to take a test last week. That was my gestational diabetes test, and if that is unfamiliar to you, what happens uh, when you're pregnant and you're like a little bit further along is they want to see if you and the baby-ish have like blood sugar issues. So they make you drink this historically awful tasting drink. And then an hour later to the minute, they take your blood to see what your glucose levels are. I'm sure I'm saying this wrong. A nurse can correct me. That's that's basically it. They're basically checking your blood sugar, and which is also the baby's Baby's, blood sugar, to see if... You need to change your eating habits. If they need need to to monitor you through the end of the pregnancy. Right. Um, So, uh, and it's very common to have gestational diabetes. I've 
you know, whatever. So I took my test last week and they give you the sugary drink that I heard was the worst thing of all time. I mean, historically women say this is, it's terrible. It's horrible. It's so awful. It tastes nasty. I don't, well, I, I won't tell you how I feel about it, but I saved a little bit of my drink for Jeff. This is, I, when, when it comes to medical ingestibles, right? Mm-hmm. When you have to have, I had to have uh, my stomach looked at years ago. So I had to do a barium Ew. drink. People are like, oh, God. I, like, I had to go in for it. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be so bad. It just tastes like warm, chalky milk. It's not great. Right. It's like I'm not on a hot summer day. I'm not going to be out on a boat saying, hey, pass me a barium drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's not terrible. So I'm convinced this is just going to be another one of those things that pregnant chicks make into a big deal mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Show your mouth and take a drink. The, it I think smells, it's like fruit punch flavored or something. It right? actually smells good. Yeah. Not bad at all. What does it taste like? Watered down. Watered down store brand. You know the you know the the fruit punch and the lemonade that you had when you were a kid? Yeah. That when that you go back to drink as an adult and it doesn't You're like, oof. This is terrible. Yeah. It's a taste like. Now Almost what refreshing. I have, what I have found is it's fine. I don't find it to be bad at all. What I did find to be bad is the way it makes you feel after. Because there's a sugar crash. Because right? it's a sugar crash, and I was—I remember not preparing for that part of it before when I was pregnant with Ellie, and I was dead to the world after. Like I—I I took the world's longest nap after because I had such a crash. My friend Katie from Undefining Motherhood on Instagram, she gave me a great tip. She's super. She's a PhD. She's super into science, and she was like, "Take a protein bar for after." Um, so I took a bar after, ate it immediately after they took my blood, and it really lessened the sugar crash. But yeah, now you know, Jeff Dollar. Now you know one of the little tiny pregnancy things. Uh, here are your three random things for today. Uh, number one, a two-year-old is officially the youngest genius. She's certified by the Guinness Book of World Records um, because she is two years old and she's been accepted into Mensa. Now here's what I want to know. If you're accepted into Mensa, do they change the rules based on how old you are? Yeah. So she, There's so they te- have like a two-year-old Mensa test. Yeah. Well, it's a test called, oh, it's not here. Oh, it's the Stanford Binet or Binet. I don't know if the guy's French. If he's French, it's Binet. If, it's, if he's not, it's Binet or Binet. Intelligence scale. Okay. And I actually... Logged in, I Googled it, and there's a quick test that you can take. Did you take it? Yeah. Are you smarter than a two-year-old? <laughs> well, it's 50 questions long. Mm-hmm. I think it was 50. The, there's a quick one, and you have 12 minutes to take it. And so I logged in, and I started taking it, and I got through like the first 10 questions or maybe even 15, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm acing this. I am a genius. And then I looked up at the clock, and I saw that I had – three minutes to do the next 30 questions. And I said, oh, it's not that whether or not you can answer the question. It's whether you can get through the test. It's how quickly you think your brain can process it. Because the questions are hard. One of them is uh, yeah, uh, like an algebra problem uh-huh. where it's, it's six plus five. Yeah. 
in parentheses, uh-huh. and then next to the parentheses is a seven, mm-hmm. and they say which one of these. So you do the math, and you're like six plus five is eleven, and then the seven. So that's seventy-seven, uh-huh. and then it says which one of these does not equal seventy-seven, and there's four other problems, uh-huh. and so it's. And how? What was the age range for the test you took? I don't know. That because two year olds not doing that, right? Yeah, you think. should take the two year old one and see. No. And see, you know, if I was, you know, if I was two, I I'd would be, be a genius. Uh, so the kid's name is uh, Isla. Where did her last name go? McNabb. She's from Kentucky, and she knew her alphabet before eighteen months and was reading by two. Wow, yeah. that sounds like a lot of parental pressure right there is what that sounds like. I think when if you're that young, I don't think that's parental pressure. I think that's no different than the kids who figure out piano by age three. I yeah. think that's a wiring thing in your brain. And if you are lucky enough to, one, be wired that way, but to, I applaud the parents Yeah, for signing that sign, but like, Acknowledging that that kid is special, that's no different than if the kid was, you know, kicking soccer balls the full length right. of the soccer that's field, true. you would get that kid a soccer coach. That's true. Or whatever. Your second random thing for today is that Sesame Street is telling you how they make the cookies that Cookie Monster uses on the set of Sesame Street. Now, if you've seen Sesame Street or it's been a minute, they crumble just perfectly because he's like the cookie monster. So he's always like, rah, 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 rah. and the cookies go everywhere. And it's like, what's he like? Rah, 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 rah. How does he do it? I, I think you're doing a great job. Okay, thank you. Um, so, what they make it out of is to get that perfect crumble pancake mix, puffed rice, instant coffee, water, and grape nuts which sounds terrible. And then the um, chocolate chips, they color hot glue to be brown. Uh, and that's what they are. She said, the woman that said that, said they kind of taste like a dog treat. Um, and I was like, why would you taste that? But then I was thinking, you know what? If I were on the set of Sesame Street and they sure. were like, want to try one of Cookie Monster's cookies? That's like a bucket list moment right there. Yeah. Uh, and your third random thing is Doritos has created a crunch cancellation software called Doritos Silent. Basically, it cancels out chewing sounds. It's a legit thing. It was designed for video game fans so they can eat without disturbing other players, but anyone can use it. It's AI technology created for Doritos, but it also works on any crunchy food, raw vegetables, crackers, chips, probably Cookie Monster cookies. Um, And it's a totally free app, and it works on anything that accepts a microphone. So I am going to try to find it, and we'll come in here tomorrow with some carrots and some Doritos, and we'll see what happens. Nice. Those are your three random things. You are strong, you are brave, you are kind, and you always belong here.